you said nepotism was near and dear to your heart, I think maybe you didn't quite mean that. Well, I think you, maybe you mean family is near and dear to your heart, not necessarily nepotism. <laughs> well, no, not, not not nepotism in itself, but we certainly grew up with yeah, that family hovering, business yeah. hovering over our, our backs, right? Absolutely. You were very cognizant of the fact that the other employees thought you were being treated in a different way, right? If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts. Business owners, metalworking experts, and guys who get dirty on the factory floor, Jim Carr and Jason Zanger. Now, let's make some chips. Hello, Metalworking Nations. Jim here for Making Chips. Today, we are in our alternate downtown Chicago studio, and I'm excited to be here with you again today. Also, I've got my good friend, Jason, Jason Zanger from Making Chips. He's in the studio with me too, of course. How you doing, Jim? And we are ready to equip and inspire manufacturing leaders. Yes, we are. Absolutely. And we, we, got, we have a Jim and Jason episode this time. Well, that's a good thing. We're yeah. going to talk about something that I think is very dear to our heart, things that I believe both of us grew up fighting. So let's yeah, not give it away yeah. right away. Yeah, we, but. yeah it's, it's kind of an interesting topic, so... Yeah, I think I think um, our listeners and the metalworking nation will definitely can relate to what we're going to be talking about. So absolutely. Well, before we even get into the episode, because our manufacturing news and we have a, um, an email to to read from a listener, um, all have to do with this one subject matter. So before we get into that, I, I wanted to mention I saw this video the other day. And it's a video from San Vicormont, of course, one of our yeah, sponsors. Really cool. And it was a really cool video. It was about their new Invo Milling, which is the brainchild of a gentleman from San Vicormont named Stefan Sherbarth. I hope that I'm pronouncing that correctly. And it's it's basically a, a, a new way of um, manufacturing gears. And the thing that I like about this is it, it's a very cinematic, as, as Ryan stated, a very cinematic video, which basically got behind the scenes of this passion project of Stefan. And I really I really just enjoyed watching the video. And, and I would definitely recommend for the Metalworking Nation to check out this Invo Milling video. It's just a cool video. Right. And you know what? I, just just briefly, invo comes from involute. Involute is a common term used in gear cutting. So I thought that was kind and of And I think wrong. that they also, they're using the word innovation in invo milling too. And it's so. very cool. The video is very cool. You're right, Jason. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, to move on to our manufacturing news, which actually has to do with our subject matter of nepotism. And when you said nepotism was near and dear to your heart, I think maybe you didn't quite mean that. Well, I think you, maybe you mean family is near and dear to your heart, not necessarily nepotism. <laughs> well, no, not, not, not nepotism in itself, but um, we certainly grew up with that family hovering, business. Yeah. hovering over our, our backs, right? Absolutely. You were very cognizant of the fact that the other employees thought you were being treated in a different way, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, and th those are some of the things that I want to get into in the episode, but actually for our manufacturing news, um, this is kind of interesting, and this is the very extreme side of nepotism, but the article, this is actually from Fox News, it states, 
Uh, a lawsuit alleges mismanagement, nepotism, and threatening behavior at Hyperloop One. So Hyperloop One, they're they're kind of more of a tech company than a manufacturing company, but associated with the technology that they're coming out with, they actually have to manufacture it. And I think that they're doing a lot of that. Um, I don't know what percentage, but uh, a lot of that manufacturing here in the United States. So the article just talks about how you know these two brothers are are just the the degree of mismanagement and nepotism in this company is just driving people out of there. And that's definitely the one thing that you don't want to see happen in your company. And well, to the point where they actually have one of the brothers on video bringing a <laughs> noose and leaving it in on the chair of another executive in the company who is no longer with the company, Wait, obviously. talk about bad culture. <laughs> right. I'm, it's, I mean, seriously. Oh, my God. Yeah. Has anybody ever left a noose for you? No. <laughs> I've had, I've had um, well, I don't even know if I want to go into this. I've had keys thrown at me before, but never had. We've a actually left. had crisis management in my small company about you know what to do if you have a disgruntled employee coming with a gun. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. that's a- we actually did role playing. We brought in the village. Uh, Policeman from the village and and actually went through that. Wow, what I mean do? it's it's real. Yeah, well, yeah. it's getting more real every yeah. day. That the we struggle is real. That's for sure. The struggle is real. So that was a great article, uh, Jason, um, and I think it's going to bring us into uh, the main body of our episode today. Yeah. Uh, so I'd like to read a an email from a listener. Oh, we're going to okay. We're okay. going to go there. Yeah, we're going to go. We're going to go there. Uh, okay. So I got an email from a listener. We won't he, say any names. No, we won't say any names. And you know, him and I have you know we've had some emails back and forth, and I think we've kind of gotten to the same page and stuff like that. But so this email, um, there's a bunch of other dialogue in here, but um, I'm going to read just one of the points that um, that was stated in the email. You, Jim, or I did not work our way up from the lowest job in the shop. You can say that all of us worked all the jobs in the shop, but it's not like your rapid advancement wasn't because you were family. I am second generation now running the shop, but I'm very aware of how people feel about kids growing up into the business. While you two and I are very successful, there are lots of examples of kids that failed at it. Those are the stories most people remember. I also feel that some people can be very resentful of kids coming into the business. You know, there's some very true statements there. There is, I agree. Um, and while, while you were saying that, I, I, I was saying to myself, there, there is some validity to what he's saying. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, the only thing that I wouldn't agree with, and I, and I, I told this gentleman that I, that I did not agree with that, is that while nepotism is very real in family businesses, you don't know whether, you know, Jim's success is because of Jim being a part of the family or my success is part of me being part of the family or it's because of our hard work or it's because of our intelligence or whatever else it is. So I don't think you could typecast every single family business to say that company was successful because they were born into it or, that, or I'm sorry, that person was successful because they were born into a family business. I don't think you can make that blanket statement. But nepotism is real. At the end of the day, Jason, if no matter if you're born into the family business or not, no matter if you're fast-tracked into a higher ranking, at the end of the day, if you don't run your business correctly, you're, you're toast. not going to be in business yeah, very long. You're not. So regardless if you have that family last name behind you, it doesn't make any difference. No. Because eventually, if the business is being run poorly by a poor, you know, by a poor family member, it's not going to make it, right? Yeah, in in this competitive, fast-paced business environment that we're in right now, there's just no 
there's no degree of having making bad decisions and making decisions based on nepotism unless you have some kind of patented product that nobody else can make. You know, actually, it offends me when people say comments like that because, you know, I know I've worked really damn hard in my career to make my family business the best it absolutely can be. And no one knows the struggles that I've gone through in the business. And I'm sure you'd have too. No one actually gets into our head and sees those things that we we struggle with on a day-to-day basis. I agree. Um, you know, there, there's so many different levels of business and things that we go through, you know, on a daily basis. It, it really does kind of offend me because I know that, I know for the most part, there's some employees that really don't have a clue as to what we do go through as owner operators. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I actually have heard um, some of my some some of the people on my team actually defend me as it relates to that because I don't necessarily, you know, clock in at seven thirty and leave at five o'clock. I have different hours. I'm coming in and out all the time. And um, so they're saying that's a bad thing. Well, no, but they're calling you out. I, on it? I, I've been called out for, you know, just, you know, kind of coming and going as I please. And, you know, uh, and I've also been defended by, you know, people on my team who said, well, you don't understand what he goes through as far as having the business on his mind 24 hours a day. So 20, it's very, literally it's very, 24 it's hours a day. Yeah. I know it's yeah. crazy. Middle of the night when you're eating dinner with your family, just all the time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. When you're on vacation. I all know. The time. I, all the time. All the time. Yeah. All the time. Absolutely. So, but at the end of the day, we knew what we were getting into and it's something that we wanted to do. Um, and I always say my dad did it so I can do it too, you know? Um, and so, so why don't we talk about... Yeah, like, let's talk about um, it. So nepotism is actually using your power, your influence in order to favor your relatives, your friends, your brothers, your sisters, whoever else it is, particularly to give them a job. Now, this kind of thing, it not only happens in family business, it not only happens in the machining industry. I mean, it happens in government too. I mean, we no see kidding. that all, all the, the time. time. So what, what I would, what I would say is that it's, it's in our human nature to help those that we love and those who are like us and those who we're, we are friends with. But the question is, is it good for the business? We know it's not good for the government. Is it good for our business? Is it good for them? Is it good for us? So those, those are the questions that I would ask. And, and I think that if you make decisions based on somebody's, you know, position in the family that that's not only bad for the business, it's also bad for them because it doesn't teach them correctly. It's kind of like never uh, disciplining your child when they're doing something bad. You know what I mean? If you don't, if you don't correctly manage people, even though they're part of your family, you're going to breed a culture that is just going to be horrible. Awful. Just yeah. like that one article you just brought up. Exactly. With the guy brings a noose. Exactly. So why don't, the one thing that I want to talk about is how do, how do we avoid nepotism? And I, I was kind of doing some brainstorming and doing some research in order Let to come go. up with some yeah, things. Let's, let's flow with and, it. And, and we, we're pretty good about a lot of these things, and there's some other things Would that I think that we, we can get better you at. And, my, you my company. Your, oh, your no, team. my company. Okay. Um, yeah, so my team. But we, there's some other things that we could get better at. So the one big point that I think that we're really good at is reinforcing that being part of the family may get you in the door, but you're going to have to perform. 
Right. And you're probably going to have to perform to a higher level and without the amount of praise that other people are getting. Right. Exactly. And I think that that is very real. I mean, it, that's something that my father talked to me about before I came into the business. And it's a discussion that my sister and I have on a regular basis. And she knows. And sometimes I'll, be, I'll almost be too hard on her and we'll have to, you know, kind of come to terms with that. But being part of the family, it's okay for it to get you in the door. But you have to perform at that point. You have to be able to perform at the same or even a higher level than, than everybody else. I agree. And I know, I don't know if that's something that you've clarified with your son, but I mean, those, I think those are the kind of discussions that are good to have before they enter into the business and on a constant basis, um, you know, as you're doing a review or just, you know, as you're ha- having a casual I will conversation. Tell you, you know, I've played, I, now I'm getting it both ways from when my dad had me join the business and now that I have my son in the business it's a it's a completely different paradigm shift and 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 understanding how it works um so it, it is different it's, yeah it's different so I'm feeling pr- right now probably how my dad felt when he took me on well in in the the wrong thing that you could do is say my dad was so hard on me in order to teach me these things, and now I'm going to be a little softer on my son. Right, because you always want better for your kids. Right, Yes, and that's not necessarily better. It's not necessarily better, no. So so the second point, um, so that's the first point. The second point would be, um, and this starts at the, top of the con- at the top of the company, make sure that there's a separation between ownership and what that owner's role is in the company. And what I mean by that is, you wear your owner's hat and then you wear whatever that role is that you play in the company, whether it's your head of sales or whether you're president of the company or whatever it is, that there's that separation in the, um, the job function that you have and the fact that you're an owner. And because I think it, it, it breeds a culture that goes into the rest of the company where nepotism isn't, isn't how you make decisions. Ownership is not the reason why you make decisions. Does that make sense? It does. You know, do, do you ever remember uh, a specific instance when you were growing up in the family business where you were almost called out for being an owner? I mean, do you ever remember an employee saying something to you saying, oh, you know, well, he's the boss's son, so he's he's exempt from that or he's getting privileged um hours or uh, I would say yes I I I do remember I don't remember it in detail because it probably happened so long ago Mm -hmm. and the culture of our company has changed so much since then Mm -hmm. that it's and I I don't have a very good memory either but but yes it has happened for sure it had it's happened to me too yeah and I was very very uncomfortable it's it was and it's it's a lot of times it's not fair but well, that's what times, I said earlier. It, it is isn't fair. fair. And, you know, I remember, I just remember being out, you know, and, and, you know, the, the machine shop guys are a little bit more rude and crude to begin with. I mean, mm-hmm. they just are. So I, I suffered from that. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't suicidal or anything, but, you know, at the end of the day, it made me really try hard and I, you know, I had to make my parts better than everybody else and a lot faster. And I had to show them then I had to prove myself to them over and over. Have you ever seen the, the movie? I think I've asked you this before, Jim, the movie Horrible Bosses. 
Yes. Okay. So I, there's a you've there, seen that. Yeah. There's a character in there played by Colin Farrell where he's just the atypical, you know, son of the owner. And if you haven't seen that movie, I like it, Colin it's, Farrell. It's, kind of, it's cool. kind of a rude and crude movie, but it is a rude and crude it's, movie. It's that's very with funny. Uh, Jennifer Aniston, right? Yes, that's yeah. correct. Yeah. It's very funny. She's and, the boss. And, yeah, and and he kind of takes on that atypical, like what you would think of the. Um, the owner that just you know they want to take advantage of everybody so i would just encourage you to maybe catch a clip of that or something like that yeah but anyway in the the third point that i have what is number three the third point that i have is a clear and consistent manner to evaluate the entire team and what and what i would also recommend is also when you do these evaluations to have it backed up by data or examples or evidence of um you know what you're evaluating somebody on, and and the reason that I bring this up is because you don't want to have an evaluation of somebody that's a non-family member and cite them for doing something wrong that you wouldn't do for somebody that's part of the family. Exactly. So um, I would just be very. The rules clear. are the same. I would be very clear and very consistent with the way that you evaluate people. Are those written? I'm sorry. The way you evaluate people, that's going to be a written process, a written policy. Um, it's going to be a process that we go through, whether it's written or not. It doesn't necessarily have to be written, but it's just going to be a process and a script that we go through when we do it. And I can get into that some other time, but it's going to be very clear and consistent the way we do it with everybody. It goes back to what the values are of the company. Right. So Got you it. have to be above a certain bar as far as how you embody the values. So the fourth thing is just have a job description that includes, you know, very specific tasks and goals that that every single person in the company should be doing. Don't set, don't make. Do you up, have those in place right now? It's um, yeah, we do. We, so we do. let's think about that. Our listeners are, are the, the metalworking community right now is listening to us, and we're giving them their these ideas. And you're saying that you think, or you're suggesting that we should. Give job descriptions to our shop staff and tell them that we need specific goals from you. I don't I don't necessarily have like these long document job descriptions. That's not what I'm referring to. We just have five short bullet points, usually, you know, three to five short bullet points of five words each as far as what that person is responsible for. And that's a there's there's goal setting within that. Uh, well, there is goal setting because I'm trying to put it into um, a machinist's category. So, how would I approach that to to one of my shop people? So, you know, what do I say to my machinist? You know, the first time you did that job, you had 25 hours on it. Now we're, we've got the job again. It's the same quantity. You did 25 last time. You got the tools. You got the program. You know the setup. You know everything else. I'm setting a goal for you this time that you can reduce that by 20%. Yeah, so one of, one of their one of the parts of their the description of their role would be to meet the expectations of the quoting team. And so if they they have to have an interaction with the quoting team such that if it takes them 25 25 hours to do that job, they're meeting or beating that expectation. They're not consistently going 20% above. Right. I I do that right now. I I just I I guess I don't it's not written. And it's not there's not a process, right? So if it's written down, if it's written down for everybody, and you've got you know your cousin that's also you know a machinist, and he's never meeting those expectations, you have a very clear and concise description of what they're supposed to be doing, so that you know that you can evaluate um, your cousin and you know somebody else that's a non-family member in the same way. Because there's going to be animosity, and and everybody's going to know who's meeting 
those goals and who's not. So we're talking about this on a very, um, in a very general basis because we don't want to necessarily go into what's in a job description or goal setting. But, um, but, but you can kind of see that you just need to be consistent. You need to be consistent. Um, the fifth, the fifth point would be to have a, a stated hiring process. So, it's one thing to, um, to have a family member get into the door, but it's another thing for another family member to unilaterally make a hiring decision without any input from anybody else. So I think you need to have some kind of hiring process where multiple people are involved and multiple people are making decisions because I have seen situations where a family, somebody that was part of the family, an owner or somebody like that, um, just unilaterally hired somebody without any kind of discussion with anybody else, whether they were the best person for the job. That's not happened at Zenger's though. No, no, no. But you know of, I, of course. I mean, yeah. I'm sure you know of this too. Maybe I'd have to think about. Oh, okay, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So having that, having that consistent stated hiring process, that way, if somebody does make a decision like that, or somebody wants to make a decision like that, you can call it out and say, you know, we have a process that we go through in order to hire somebody. Um, the sixth thing, the sixth way to avoid nepotism would be to exclude family members from awards and contests. Now, this is kind of hard. I don't think that's fair. Yeah. It's not fair. You're right. It's not fair. But we've done it before. Okay. So we have done this okay. before. And, you know, we don't have, we, we only have three family members um, at Zenger's. It's myself, my dad, and my sister. Right. Um, but I, I have been called out for, um, and, and I've excluded myself. I mean, we've had you know, sales contests that benefited the entire company and I've excluded the three of us. Okay. And that was okay. Now this is kind of a tough thing. You have to evaluate this. I wouldn't say that this is a set in stone way to avoid nepotism because then it does isolate you. Um, but it's just something to consider. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the seventh and final way to avoid nepotism would be to try to get family members to work, work somewhere, somewhere else first. before, yes. yeah, before they come into the business. I know, I know, that's a big one, and that's a big one. And that you know, did you? No, I didn't. Yeah. No, I didn't. You came straight in. I wish I would have, you know, but I came straight in. There yeah, was, there was a reason for that. I, I didn't either. I mean, I came straight in too, and I, you know, I mean, I worked as a bartender and you know a server part time during the time I was in my early twenties, and I, I got a little bit of that experience um but certainly um i did not work a full-time job in an industry related field before i started in the family business yeah and and you know what maybe it would have been better for you maybe it would have been better for me maybe it would have been better for your son it's hard to say but yeah. i mean it's a it's a good thing to at least consider before you know you hire a family member maybe as an engineer right out of college into the family business or right mm -hmm. out of high school or something like that yep so, so yeah, so th those are the, those good, are the seven points. Good conversation. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, let me, let me reinforce and just, you know, mention all seven of them again. So, um, these are seven different ways to avoid nepotism. The number one is just reinforce that, you know, this could help to get you in the door, but you're, you're going to have to perform. Uh, number two would be for the owners to separate their, um, their role in the job from their ownership hat. Number three would be to have a clear and consistent manner of evaluation. Number four would be to have um, stated job descriptions. Number five would be to have a stated hiring process. Number six would be to exclude family members from awards and contests. And final number seven would be uh, to have family members work somewhere else first. And as I mentioned before, I'm not saying that you, if you don't do all seven of these, you're going to have nepotism. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying these are seven different things that to think about 
as it relates to your company because some of them might not work for you. Maybe excluding family members from awards isn't um, isn't realistic, or you know you need to hire that family member straight out of college or straight out of high school. So it's just something to think about. Yeah, Jason, I think that was a really really good episode. You know, I again it, it is something that um, especially in the manufacturing industry, it's it's a lot of family very businesses. very popular, and you know we've we've seen success stories and we've seen huge failures. Um, I've seen both sides of the spectrum within all the years of um, my time being in the industry before. And I think that you just have to um, be true to yourself and what you're doing. You know if you're practicing nepotism in your family you you're you're well aware of it's going on you are you are so and everybody else knows too and everybody else knows too so i think you just need to correct the problem and move forward um and, and it's never too late to start practicing new ways so yeah you know as i always say at the end of the show um boy i i wish there was some a, a platform of social podcasting when I was growing up in the business, because this would have been a great valued piece of media for me to listen to and think Good about. Good discussion for you yeah, to have with your dad. Yeah, I could go back to my dad and I would have said, you know, maybe we should do something different. It's making me realize the way I treat my son in my own business right now. So I always say that I, I'm glad we're here to equip and inspire all of the uh, metalworking nation and all the uh, manufacturers out there. We just need you to know that you're not alone in the day-to-day grind that we all go through, and um, we're here to um, to make it a little bit easier. Yep. That's it. You got it. And with that, bam. bam. This podcast exists to improve the manufacturing industry. We want to hear from you, the owners, managers, leaders, and engineers from the metalworking nation. What ideas do you want to share, and what keeps you up at night? We want you to take something away from this podcast that you can use to improve your company, your team, and yourself. So let us know what you want to hear, and we'll see you next time on Making Chips.